Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. They have won three straight, five of their last six. They are now the uh, champions of the NFC North. They knock off the Detroit Lions yesterday, 31-24, now 10-3. They've clinched the NFC North. They have clinched a postseason berth. They are sitting right now as the top seed in the NFC. It's the Green Bay Packers. Welcome on a green and gold Monday as all the talk today, all the talk today is about – is about Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense and whether or not their defense is going to be able to do just enough, just enough to be able to sustain. Just enough to be able to sustain. That's it. Uh, Watching this morning on every network, whether it's the NFL Network, Fox, NBC Sports, and uh, on the ESPN uh, four-letter network, uh, all of them talking, I mean, debates going on about who's the most important when it comes to the players going into the postseason, who's going to have the biggest postseason, who's being relied upon the most in the postseason, what team is the hottest going into the postseason. I mean, everything and anything you can think of regarding the Green Bay Packers in some facet is being dissected today. And then there's the wrap your arms around the entire pool of teams that still have yet a possibility to get into the postseason. So that is all sitting out there as well. But uh, what did you take away from yesterday's contest? What did you take away from yesterday's contest? And the reason I ask is because some of you took away a lot of angst. Some of you took away some anger. Some of you took away the fingers that are being pointed. And others are sitting in the optimistic phase. Uh, I I guess like I am at this point. And we talked about it last night uh, during the postgame show. And one of the things that we got into the discussion of was why not the Green Bay Packers? That's kind of my battle cry now. Why not the Green Bay Packers? Okay? Convince me why not. Okay? You can say special teams, and I can say, yep. You can say defense to be able to stop the run. I can say, yep. And I'm going to tell you, tell me the team that's better. Tell me the team that's better. You know? 
Everybody for a while was saying it was the Saints because the Saints were peaking and they were winning games even without Drew Brees. Well, yesterday they didn't. They got beat by a bad Philadelphia team. This is one of those losses when you look at Philly and you say, you know what? Had it been the Packers, you would have been crucifying the Packers for losing to a team such as the Philadelphia Eagles. And remember the Packers, Eagles, you know, put up a couple special teams. Uh, they put up a special team score and a late score, and people are killing them. But they pretty much handled business. They did what they needed to do, and people were still killing them. Imagine what's going on today down in the Big Easy as people dissect that loss coming from uh, coming from the the New Orleans Saints over Philly, or you know losing to Philadelphia. Now you tell me, they, they there's a that's a bad loss. It's a bad loss. Packers losses, you know, you can look at. It. You can say, okay, that first loss against Tampa Bay, that defense just beat them up. The matchup just wasn't good. The defense just got to them. The pick six, it kind of changed the tide of the game, and then the pick right after that, and the Packers just got off track, okay? The loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook went wild. Rivalry game, divisional game. You look at where the the Vikings are at right now, you know? Vikings are one of those teams that you're trying to figure out, are they for real? Are they a team that's going to venture into the postseason? You know, okay. That's not a bad team, but they got beat by a Buccaneers team over the weekend, 26-14, and they just weren't able to run the football because that defense was so stout. Okay? Vikings go to 6-7. and seven. They're still on the outside looking in as one of those teams that you can you can kind of wrap your arms around because there's that whole pool that's fighting for number 7. They're sitting at 7, but you know what I mean, right? Okay. Then you take the loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts got a 44-27 win over the Raiders. They are 9-4. and They carry one of the better defenses in the National Football League. So the Packers' three losses come to teams, two of which are over 500, and one team which is under 500 started off rather poorly, but has come on as of late because they've kind of rediscovered themselves. Okay? Where you look at a team like, say, New Orleans, who loses to a bad Philadelphia team. Now, the Packers have gone toe Look, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that defense is a hitting defense. I give them a lot of credit. They never quit, okay? But the Packers ultimately beat them. Close game, but they beat them. Philadelphia, 30-16, to they took care of business, right? They beat up, uh, uh, except for a late score, they beat up on a bad Chicago team. They're kind of doing what they're supposed to do right now. So you tell me, why not Green Bay? Why not Green Bay? You know, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Dr. Funkenstein said, it's championship or bust. Don't listen to the fans who are just happy to have a team. Well, you got to have a little bit of both, right? You got to be happy to have a team. You're the smallest major sports team in all of major sports. But... You got to enjoy the wins. You got to enjoy the ride. Because if you don't enjoy the ride, let's say they do win a championship and you don't enjoy the ride, then you're not going to take anything away from it. You know, Steve tweets us at Bill underscore Michael said the Packers will be in the Super Bowl if special teams improve and the defense becomes more consistent. But have you noticed over the last few weeks the defense, the sacks are starting to come? Now again, we're not talking about playing juggernauts here. They're not going after Tom Brady. They're not going after a very quick release of, of Philip Rivers. They're not even going after the very quick release of Drew Brees. They're getting after Matthew Stafford. They're getting after Carson Wentz. 
So it, it's not like they're, they're – but, but they're doing what they're supposed to do. You can only do what you're supposed to do. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. You want to chime in, go ahead and feel free to go ahead and do so. Feel free to do it. What did you take away from that game yesterday? And as all the talk today is about the hottest team going into the postseason right now, the hottest team, most fingers are pointing in the, in the direction of the Green Bay Packers. They have scored 30 or more in the last three games, really in the last four games, even though they did take a loss at Indianapolis, they scored 31. They put up 41 against Chicago, 30 against Philadelphia, 31 against the Lions. The offense is in a good flow right now. And it's it, it, with with Aaron Rodgers and the way he's playing, it looks as effortless as I can remember. It it I don't want to say it reminds me of 2011 because I think that's being unfair to the team today, specifically the coach and the schematics versus the team then, and it's unfair to the personnel today to the personnel then. Okay, but it it the the fluidity looks the same. Aaron Rodgers looks the same. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. Want to hear from you. Your takeaway from the Packers win over the Lions. Your takeaway is the Packers are listed now as the top seed in the NFC with New Orleans losing to a bad Philadelphia team. Now, some of you will say, wait a minute. They lost with Taysom Hill at the helm. I understand that. But they had won two previous games, right? They had won the two games prior. So if you're going to give them credit for sustaining, remember they beat two bad, you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, three weeks, they beat twice the Atlanta Falcons, right? They beat the Atlanta Falcons twice with Taysom Hill, and then they destroyed a Broncos team 31-3 to with Taysom Hill. Now, the Broncos didn't have much of a quarterback, I'll admit that. But they did what they needed to do, and then they face a a, a, a decent and scrappy Philadelphia team who makes a change at quarterback, and it seems to have given them a spark, and they lost that contest. Who else do you have right now as the team to beat in the NFC? Who else would you consider to be the real team, the real threat in the NFC. And and that's why I'm not saying it's the Packers for sure, but I'm saying right now, why not the Packers? You know, the Rams have played some really good football. The Rams over the last five games, That if I had to circle the team sitting at 9-4, and four, that would be the team that I would look at. They're now the top dog over in the West. Seattle has fallen off. They've won three out of their last five. Arizona has fallen off. They've only won a couple in their last five. San Francisco has dropped back to earth, and San Francisco's all but eliminated. New Orleans is there. Tampa Bay certainly is going to be there, sitting at 8-5. and five. But even they have struggled. They've only won two games over the last five weeks. Washington has come on to take a firm hold of that top of the NFC East, but I still don't have a lot of belief in them, even though their defense is playing right now lights out. They have won four of their last five games behind that defense. So is New York. The New York Giants, though, the problem is they don't really have any quarterback to speak of whatsoever. Alex Smith is at least a quarterback that's been there, done that, and can lead that Washington football team. Dallas isn't going anywhere. 
Philadelphia's not going anywhere. Minnesota's on the cusp. Chicago gets a win with Mitch Trubisky, but I really, I, I still don't have a lot of belief in Chicago. But the top seven right now, the top seven on the outside looking in is Washington sitting at six and seven, and they're ahead of the Chicago Bears via tiebreakers. But right now it's Minnesota who is going to eke in. They would end up playing New Orleans at New Orleans. Again, we would see whether or not Kirk Cousins could go into that situation and get a postseason win. 855-830-864. I want to hear from you. Why not the Green Bay today? As you wake up today, you got to think to yourself, yes, the defense has flaws. Yes, special teams has been out of sync. And Menenga has to fix that. And how you do that, I look, it's, it's, it's as much of um, a consistency of gap responsibility, more so than anything. You know, it didn't cost him yesterday when it comes to actual points on the board. They didn't give up a special team score. But field position, you know, when you're trying to flip the field, you know, you saw one out of J.K. Scott yesterday, a booming punt. The problem was it dropped on the one and bounced into the end zone. Had it dropped on the 10, they probably recover that and stick it down inside the five. You know, it's just a little bit here and there. But that's all special teams are. It's just gap responsibility, and it's just it, it's a matter of a couple of yards a lot of times. Are you in position to make the play, or are you two yards out of position to make the play? You know, is the ball two yards inbounds or out of bounds, or two yards too deep or two yards too short? It's usually, a, you know, they always say football's a game of inches, and, and at times it can be. So you tell me, why not the Green Bay Packers? Hang in there. If you want to chime in, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Hit us up over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find me over on the Facebook fan page. We'll get into that discussion as well. Plenty of you chiming in from last night to today. Uh, that is simply Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. And you can email me the old-fashioned way, BillMichaels at BillMichaelsSports.com. Thanks for following us today on the Radio.com app. Thanks to those of you listening to us uh, all over the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders with our network. And thanks to Mark listening to us up in uh, Menominee on WMAM. Appreciate that. And uh, Lucy, who listens to us every day in Wausau on the new ESPN uh, FM affiliate we have there as well. So thanks to them being a part of the program. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. Cutting it to the inside, and there he goes for a Packers touchdown. Number 14 to lead the NFL this year for Devontae Adams. And number 37 for Aaron Rodgers to lead the NFL as well. What a duo this is. And it continues to get better. That's the most amazing thing. Like I said, today the battle cry is, why not the Packers? Everybody in the NFC has flaws, but the Packers have an MVP candidate and the fluidity of the offense that we haven't seen since 2011. Why not the Green Bay Packers? Let's get to the phone calls. Jeff listening to us in Gadsby. Jeff, welcome to the program, man. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for taking my call. See, uh, I, just, I just don't think you're making a fair comparison with the Saints to the Packers. I mean, the Saints had one bad game yesterday playing with a second-string quarterback. And, you know, when the Packers lose a game, everybody comes, well, everybody's, in, everybody's entitled to one bad game. Well, 
I think that's what the Saints had yesterday. I don't, and the Packers have been bad all season. You keep, you know, I, I know you're seeing the defense, which the run defense is, is bad, and the special teams. Yeah, they're they're terrible. They've been terrible for years. I don't know why. What's so hard about coaching the special teams? Maybe it's the coaching staff because we didn't have a, a decent one since, uh, you know, even past McCarthy. We never had any good special teams. But I just don't think it's a fair comparison. And as far as teams that I think will do it, I think the like you said, the Rams are the are the favorites. So when you say it's not a fair comparison, I mean, are you talking about in the positive way or the negative way? Are you saying that the Packers are worse than what New Orleans is? Oh, yeah, I definitely do. I definitely do. I think the Saints just had a bad game yesterday. When we play Tennessee in two weeks, that running back for Tennessee will gain 200 yards because our players, I think, and, you know, what's that worth, uh, I think that our, our defense, all they worry about is sacks, which is good. But I think you got to stop the run first, force them into the pass, and, mm-hmm. and then get your backs. We can't if a team just constantly runs at us. We can't stop them. You know. Well, let so, me ask you this. Let me ask you this because that seems to be the game everybody's pointing towards. If they beat Tennessee, is that what is that what makes you then a believer? Well, it sure would make me more hopeful. But right, uh, I, that's a long shot. Who have we beat this year besides the Saints with a winning record? Ah, uh, boy, that's a great question. Uh, so let's see <laughs> here. They be, yeah, you're right. We well, yeah, a, yeah. A quality team other than the Saints this year. Yeah, yeah they haven't. Uh, they lost to Tampa Bay. Uh, they lost to Minnesota. They, which you know, if you sweep the division every year, that's a tough thing to do. And then uh, the other loss came at the hands of the Indianapolis Colts. I agree with you. I, I but my I appreciate the phone call. My argument is, they the the team that they lost to, they beat the Saints. I mean, you said it yourself. They beat the Saints, and that game really, even though it was thirty seven thirty, wasn't that close. Okay, the Saints came storming back in the end, but you just felt that that game was in hand. Uh, and the 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 game that they really lost, they got destroyed, was Tampa Bay. That's it. They lost a close one to Minnesota. It just got away from them. And they didn't stop Dalvin Cook. And then in Indianapolis, uh, I, I think, and I think you got to go back to what Aaron Rodgers was saying after the game was, yeah, it was a loss, but you turned the ball over three times and still tied the ball game. Still had a shot to win that game, and if wouldn't if it wasn't for the turnover in overtime. That you did, which made it four turnovers. Which four turnovers? You're never going to lose a game. You're never going to win a game. It's almost impossible. And they they only lost by three. And I think that's what Aaron Rodgers was alluding to. Is like, look, you know, we we took something positive out of this game, and I know it's very difficult to take something positive out of a loss. And, and my argument to that is, you can only play the teams that are there. That's it. Because you could say, well, okay, if your argument's going to be New Orleans is far far and away better. Well, then why didn't New Orleans beat the Packers? And why didn't the Packers lose to the Philadelphia Eagles as opposed to New Orleans? Well, people are going to say, well, New Orleans didn't have their quarterback, and they changed over to Jalen Hurts. Okay. Packers still beat them. And the Packers didn't beat them. They drubbed them. It wasn't even a close game. So you can't even say, well, Jalen Hurts made the difference or would have made the difference. I mean, they beat them up and contained them all night. Seven sacks. 
Now, maybe Jalen Hurts gets out of one or two of those sacks. Okay. But they just beat him up. 855-830-8648. Let's go to Big Al listening to us in New Jersey on the Radio.com app. Al, how you doing today, man? What's happening? Doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener. Uh, yeah, just to chime in and follow up what you were just talking about, the Viking loss, I know we always have – losers always have excuses, but – Yes, Dalvin Cook went crazy, and we couldn't stop him. Um, but that, if you remember, it was a very, very windy day. I might be exaggerating, but maybe 30, 40 mile-an-hour gusts. No, it was really weather. windy. You're right. Well, the weather's the same for both teams. But my argument, the Vikings were beat up that day. They had two third-string cornerbacks. On a, on a clear day, Rodgers would have ate them up, and then they would, Kirk Cousins would have had a pass. And that's when the Packers, that's when we win, win that game. I guess my point is our defense might be a little suspect, but as long as our offense keeps clicking like it is and people can't run the ball all day because they have to pass, that's our game. And, and in the NFC playoffs, I think we can play with anybody. We could lose to anybody, but we could beat anybody that's left. Correct. And it's 2020, and I'm just having fun. I've been a Packer fan since Lombardi years. I'm just loving it, man. I'm just dreaming for two a home playoff game and a home NFC championship game in the snow. And and that Colt game, by the way, was one of our best efforts of the year in a loss. So I love your show. I'm going to keep listening. Thanks for hearing me, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Big Al. Listening to us over there on the Radio.com app in New Jersey. Dustin says they still can't handle physical teams. The Tennessee game next week is going to be the huge test to see where this team is mentally. Drew says we have absolutely no defense. See, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. It, it, you've got a semblance of defense. It's, it's not great. It's top 15, though. It's top 15. It's better than half of the other defenses in the league. So you can't say we don't have any. You've got a defense. It's better than half of the defenses in the league. If you look categorically, statistically, as to where it's at, it's better than a lot. Okay? I But I will 100% agree with you that it has its flaws. It has since last year, well, this past year, when we were talking about what needed to be upgraded. And it has been, and I said at the beginning of the season, I said, look, I look for a downgrade in the defense. And people thought I was crazy. I said, look, you had career years out of players, numerous players. And that, that doesn't happen back-to-back years. It, it just doesn't. You have a really good year, and then you hope to expound upon it, but you, you usually don't if you've got a, you know, it was a career year for Zedarius, career year per, for Preston. So the bookends you knew weren't going to put up the similar numbers. You know they were still going to be a force, but 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 teams adapt. You're having a really good year out of uh, out of Jair Alexander. Kevin King is good; he can be great, and he can also show you some flaws. That that tackle yesterday attempt was pathetic. The next time I see a guy launch at somebody with no arms out, no arms extends, he's just throwing a body at somebody. Now, I know I can be hypocritical because I said the same thing for J.K. Scott, but J.K. Scott's a punter. He doesn't practice tackling. How in the hell can you be a defender and not use your arms on a tackle? That's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed waking up today going, I can't believe that I put that on film. However, now to go to the opposite side, I will give him credit because the next opportunity he had, arms out, hit, drive, right there to the waist, take the opponent, stick him into the ground. It was a good tackle, and I made a note of it. 
but I don't ever want to see that again. Because two, two reasons. One, it doesn't work. And number three, number two is you get hurt that way. That was terrible. 855-830-8648. Get back to the phone calls. Hear from the head coach. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Wisconsin wide. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. This would be a season-long make, and it would tie his career-long if he made this one. See, this is one where I think I would go to punting it. 58 yards for a two-score lead, and Mason Crosby delivers. He ties his career-long. 58 yards. My, oh, my, oh, my. He still got it. Still got it. I give Matt LaFleur all the credit in the world because he, uh, at that point in time, after taking the penalty, um, looked over to Mason and said, can you give it to me? And Mason said, yeah, I got it, and went out and did it. That goes a long way in building trust. That goes a long way. Um, I, I just like the fact that he didn't use a chart. And say, well, you know, Mason's only good from, you know, 53 in. You know, it was five yards too deep or three yards too deep or what have you. He just looked at him and said, you got it? Go. Let's do this. I like that. I really do. I've always liked uh, that, uh, th- that just a tick higher level of aggressiveness and still uh, having the cool-headedness out of the head coach. 855-830-8648. Mark writes that uh, Matt LaFleur's made all the difference in the world. He's not an older, out-of-touch coach. You know what? The whole older thing, the whole order argument doesn't hold water. Otherwise, why why is Bill Belichick a successful coach? You know? It's basically, it's not about being older. It's about being relatable. It's about being open-minded. It's about the relationship that you have. You know, I age was never something. Great coaches who are older are the ones that adapt to those who they have around them, and they have good people that's hired underneath them. So you can be 80 years old and still, look, you can be an older guy and still run a company. Still run a company, still have it because you have the ability to manage people. Because that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's being innovative. It's being uh, fluid. It's being able to manage people. Because ultimately, the Jimmys and the Joes have to execute the X's and the O's. And whatever you put up there, they have to be able to do. And they've got to feel good and confident about it. If you're forcing it down their throats, it doesn't matter how smart you are. Because there's not one NFL head coach that's an idiot. Some of them are obstinate. Some of them don't listen to their players. Some of them refuse to see something beyond what it is they feel. And those are the coaches that are bad. They all understand the X's and the O's. They all get it. It's just whether or not you're adaptable and you're a good coach. Coach means you coach people up. You put them in the right position to be successful. That's what good coaches do. Age has nothing to do with it. You can be 75 and still a good coach. You can be 41 and still a good coach. You can be 36 and still be a good coach. You know, it just depends on whether or not you're relatable to people. Relatable and you you have a mutual open door level of respect. Because once your players tune you out, you're done. You're done. 855-830-8648. 
So when you talk about a guy like Matt LaFleur, we're going to get to the phone calls here in a minute, but Matt LaFleur, he talks about that field goal, that 58-yarder. Sean was ready to throw the uh, the punt team out there, and I looked at Mason. I said, can you hit this? And he said, yes. And I, I just, you know, I figured we can, we can fudge that line just a little bit. And that's a lot of faith and belief in, in Mason's abilities. He, he knows himself. He's been doing it a long time, and, and I'm just glad – he definitely, he made he made us right. They set the tone with that long drive coming out in the second half. Really, they just—I'm uh, not going to say they clocked the game, but that that drive, and it was even stated in, in the the radio broadcast and the television broadcast to to the Lions. That was death by a thousand cuts. We we took what they were giving us, and it was a bunch of single high, and the run game wasn't as explosive as we'd like, but that. That tends to happen when you're you're going against loaded boxes, um, and just you know we were methodical in our approach. I also think we had a couple penalties that kind of set us back. We were in some of those get back on track situations, and um, you know our guys just stuck with it and you know grinded out in that third quarter. It was it was awesome to see our defense get that three and out, and we were able to follow up that. It was roughly nine minute drive with about an eight minute drive to go up two scores, which I think was, you know, really the difference in the game. That was a three and out in the third quarter and the only three plays the Detroit Lions ran in that corner, in that quarter. That was that was a big moment. Uh, and then they clinch. Matt LaFleur says, enjoy it, but oh, and I like the mentality. Look, guys, we're not done. We haven't done anything yet. Um, we got to make sure we bring our best each and every week because if you don't, it's just too competitive in this league. You can't take anything for granted. You got to earn everything that you get. And that's the mindset and the mentality that we need to have. We need to, and it all starts with our preparation. And I felt like that our preparation and just the energy and excitement to, to come to work each and every day has been getting better and better. And our guys understand what's at stake. There's a lot to play for. And certainly, um, again, you, you just got to, you got to earn it one game at a time. In the meantime, Mason Crosby, I want to go back to that because I was uh, talking about J.K. Scott uh, just a week ago and saying, look, dude, you got to throw your body at somebody. You know, I know you don't practice tackling, but just do something. You can't just dance with them down the sideline. In the meantime, Mason Crosby, uh, he getting it done. The, the field goal, and you, back, you come back, and unfortunate that we gave up another long return, but, you know, we're really lucky that, that he made a great tackle on that play and pushed, pushed the return out of bounds, and um, our defense did what they had to in that situation. We held them to three points, which is critical and a, a big reason why we were able to come out with the victory. And he's right. Nobody gave credit to the defense at that point for just holding them to three points. Defense didn't give up a touchdown. Yeah, they gave up three points, but they were also put with their backs against the wall on a, on a long return via special teams. Matt LaFleur, the, uh, the, I can't uh, – this was his best game Marquez Valdez scaling six targets, six catches, had a touchdown, almost 100 yards. Um, you know, Marquez Valdez scaling bouncing back and becoming a viable asset to this offense. Lafleur talks about it. The, t- the the touchdown catch was incredible. Just to be able to that, that is a perfect illustration of strong hands of of keeping catching the ball away from your body with a defender trying to play through it, but keeping that ball out in front of you and, and attacking it with your hands. Just really, really proud of his effort. I think he's done a great job of, of bringing a lot of energy and excitement to practice and, and really straining and, and digging it to try to get better each and every day. And it shows through 
in the game situations. He has a guy that is probably improved as much as anybody on our offense over the course of two years. And uh, just the stress that he can put on a defense in terms of his ability to stretch the field. And then there is the, uh, the the comments about the offense, right? Now, everything's just been, like I said, it's just fluid. It's, 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 it's not a great comparison because I think it's different personnel, obviously. It's different levels of talent, obviously. But the way it's going and the way it's being run, it's really almost artful to watch and the offense being so incredibly efficient. It just it, it goes to show you it takes everybody. It takes the coaches. It takes the players. Just everybody buying into what we're trying to do, um, owning owning their responsibilities, Knowing the details because it's it's tough in this league. Uh, every every play is is a grind at times, and uh, you know, just proud of everybody's effort. Just the attention to detail, the focus, the energy, and we need that to continue and, and to even ramp up a notch as we move forward towards the end of the season. And then, uh, last but not least, we want to get to the phone calls because I know there's a lot of them. A lot of people with comments so my battle cry today that being the head coach of the green bay packers why not the packers and some of you look uh, you're 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 saying that you're gonna wait until that tennessee game my question to you is what do you have to wait for is it the win is it derrick henry has to be held to less than 100 yards is it say 120 yards and only one touchdown is a good day at the office so to speak for the Packers' defense, or maybe the Packers' defense gets up and they negate Henry. I mean, you tell me. You tell me what it has to be regarding Derrick Henry coming into Lambeau Field uh, a week from this coming Sunday. Let's go to Aaron listening to us in Appleton on the score. Eric or Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, man. What's th- what you thinking? So I, I first and foremost have this expectation for the Packers' defense going into our final three games, and that is this. Just keep Aaron Rodgers in the game. Just keep him in the game. Um, I would much rather see them perform at a level where Aaron Rodgers has to, you know, run his two-minute offense and get a field goal to win or, you know, something like that. Just, you know, or even creating a stop late in the game, a turnover or something. And – you know, the last three games, I thought they've done a lot better. Uh, I thought our run defense has, has improved. Um, now, granted, we're running – I mean, we're playing teams that have little offense, but um, but that's just really my expectation of the defense at this point is um, try to, um, you know, keep the penalties down because that one drive that they had, it would seem like every play the Packers or defense is – just having stupid penalties. It's like keep the penalties down and just keep Aaron Rodgers in the game because if you keep Aaron Rodgers in the game, he's probably going to win it most likely. So that's really my only expectation for the defense moving forward. And with that, I I think if they can do that, then who can beat us? I don't know. I mean, yeah, that, we, that's. We could... I agree. Why not the Packers? You know. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Keep Aaron Rodgers in it, and I've said that all along. Just keep, just keep it close. Let's go to uh, Braden listening to us in Appleton. Braden, how you doing? Good, I'm good. How are you? Good, man. What's up? So, uh, you know, I, I think we can make it all the way. Um, 
kind of like the couple callers ago, he said that, you know, I think we can beat every team on the way. Um, I think that including the Super Bowl as well, but we can also lose to all of them. Um, I think our defense has to kind of win a specific way, though. Um, we definitely feed off of um, our offense for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of seeing a routine where, like, as soon as we kind of get up by 10 points, 14 points, which we've done throughout this entire season, we get that lead and we're forcing teams into passing situations. And once mm-hmm. we do that, I pretty much feel like we seal the deal outside of, unfortunately, the Bucks game and when the Colts, you know, they um, really possessed the entire third quarter and just ran the ball. They didn't give up on their run game. Um, but not every team that we're going to go against is going to be able to do that because not every team has a Jonathan Taylor. So um, even when we went against the Saints, they really couldn't. I felt like Alvin Kamara more burned us on the screen game than he did in the uh, in the run game. So I don't. I that's my belief. I think our defense just kind of feeds off our offense, and if we can keep if our offense performs, I don't I don't see why we couldn't make it to the Super Bowl. I I completely agree. I I you can make appreciate the phone call. You can make many arguments as to why they're not going to get there, and I can make just as many arguments as to why they're going to get there. Are there flaw? The way you look at it is: Are there flaws so glaring that they outshine their ability to make plays? And that's what you ask yourself. 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show on this Why Not the Green Bay Packers Monday. Stay tuned. we got more right after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Green Bay Packers with a 31-24 win at Ford Field. It's the seventh time the Packers have clinched the division since Aaron Rodgers was quarterback, and he was asked how does this year's team compare to years past. Those camaraderie and chemistry and ability to deal with adversity and not start pointing fingers. And I feel like this team has a lot of those characteristics. The Lions had some big plays and some bad breaks. It looked like wide receiver Marvin Jones had a catch at the Green Bay one-yard line that was nullified by the refs. You know, when something like that happens, um, you know, you get more motivated, you know, to make another catch. The Lions defense missing both starting cornerbacks and defensive end Everson Griffin, inactive after being placed on the COVID-19 list before the game. Lions head coach Daryl Bevel. Yeah, it's it's always, you know, tough to lose players um, of that caliber. Um, you know, gave effort. They fought their best ability out there. Would we love to have Everson? Absolutely. And, you know, I think you can make a difference for us. Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams set a new Packers record with a touchdown catch in eight consecutive games, breaking the record set by Don Hudson in 1944. Devontae talked about how good the offense is right now. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying where we're at, enjoying where the position that my coach and uh, my quarterback are putting me in and get comfortable, fully comfortable out there to where they feel like they should win every time and make every single play. That's Devontae Adams in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Got an interesting email here. 
and I heard this too, and I really had to scratch my head. I look, I think uh, last night it was Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth rather than Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth because the transition is very slowly being made from uh, Al Michaels to Mike Tirico. And Chris Collinsworth had said last night that players like to quote tackle by lowering the shoulder instead of just wrapping up because that can prevent shoulder injuries. And I had mentioned Kevin King uh, in that game yesterday when he just kind of launched himself and just threw his body out there, stuck his head out. Um, I get what Collinsworth is saying when guys want to stick their shoulder into somebody rather than sticking their arm out first. But I don't see anybody bringing anybody down when you don't wrap up. You don't see that with, with guys collapsing on quarterbacks. You don't see that with stopping a ball carrier. You don't see that with wide receivers. If you don't put your arms out and wrap up and hold on to somebody and bring them down, very rarely do you get them just to trip over you, which is what, in essence, you're trying to do. I, I mean, I understand what he's saying. Guys don't want to go down with shoulder injuries, but it, it just doesn't work. 90% of the time, that guy is going to just push you out of the way and you're going to keep on going. And if he's running with high legs, chances are he's either going to kick you or knee you in the head. And then you're talking about concussions and neck injuries. We've just, we've seen it too often. You know, this goes all the way back to when I was complaining about this, going back to like Al Harris. You just you just see it too often. So I get it, but I don't agree with it. And I agree with a lot of things that I see and hear out of Chris Collinsworth, but that's not one of them. That's not one of them. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. Chime in. Got a lot to get to today. The Packers, the number one seed in the NFC. And it seems like a lot of people just aren't happy about that. We'll talk about that. Coming up after the top of the hour, more of the Bill Michael Show next. Sports Talk Network. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.